It's approximately 11 days to the end of 2018. Have you put your year-end giving campaign in overdrive? Did you know that 30% of people donate in the last three days of the year? What does that mean for you? It means that you still have time. So let's explore ways in which you can drive donors at the end of this year. Hey, nonprofiteers, welcome to Nonprofit Biz Talk with your host, Tracy B. Allen, nonprofit strategist and owner of TVA Consulting. Nonprofit Biz Talk is about empowering nonprofit leaders with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts to manage, build, and grow a nonprofit organization that will positively impact the community you serve. Hey, nonprofiteers. So in today's episode, we're talking about putting your year-end campaign in overdrive. Really and truly, you should have planned out your year and campaign at the beginning of summer. Every year, by the beginning of summer, your year and campaign should be completely planned out. I prefer to plan at the beginning of the year and then revise at the beginning of summer. But if you have not done so, you're a little bit behind the curveball, but it's okay. You still have time because like I said in the intro, 30% of donors donate in the last three days of the year. And the reason for that is that they just remembered, because they have a lot going on, they just remembered, oh my goodness, I need to donate to some type of charity so that I can get a tax write-off for my taxes when I file in 2019. So there's a sense of urgency for them to donate before December 31st. And A lot of these donors are not emotionally connected to any particular organization. So around now, um, the 27th, right after Christmas, the 25th, 27th, they're going to have a sense of urgency to find and connect with an organization so that they can give that organization their money. Yes, some people just give it to any organization so that they just can get their deduction, But most people are still looking for that emotional connection. I'm always talking about pulling at the heartstrings so people open their purse strings. So you still have to do that, even though you have not planned your year end campaign or you haven't really been marketing the year end campaign the way you should. It's you still have time. So here are my suggestions. The first thing that you need to do is to sit with your team and put something down on paper as to how you're going to go about actually marketing for the last week or two of this year. How are you going to put it in overdrive so that you can create impact in front of the audience that you need to create impact for, wherein that they see you, They love you, they believe in you, they trust you, and then they want to give you their money so that you can fill those coffers for 2019. Remember, the whole goal is never to go into a new year in a deficit. You want to go into the new year with surplus. So that is what we're going to be focused on, getting surplus into your organization so that 2019, you start off ahead and not behind. 
So that is the first thing that you need to do is to create a plan, figure out how you're going to put, um, market your year-end campaign in the last two weeks to create the impact that you need in order for people to donate to you. So please sit with your team and get a plan together, a written plan, and make sure that everybody has a buy-in and everybody is on the same page and doing the same thing so that you can maximize your reach. So the second thing that you want to do is to segment your audience. You want to segment your email list and you want to send it out to your current donors, your supporters, your sponsors, your volunteers, your staff, your beneficiaries, anybody that you have on your email list, you want to send out your letter to or your campaign um, landing page to but you have to segment them. So that is one way to segment them based on those different things I just called out, which is your supporters, your sponsors, your volunteers, your staff, your beneficiaries. But you want to go a little further and you also want to segment this list based on some other factors. How frequently do they give gifts to your organization? So you should have that data already at hand. If you don't, then you need to do some data mining and figure out how often does a particular group of donors give to your organization because you're going to craft your giving letter a little differently for them. Every segment, your letter has to be crafted a little differently. So you're not sending out a one and done type of email. You are customizing your email marketing based on the group of how you segment them. So frequency of giving is one category. Another one is the size that they give, the size of gifts. So are they giving large donations, minimum donations, or small donations? So you have to decide for your own organization what that looks like. Is a large donation for you uh, $1,000? Is a um, middle donation, $500, and as a small donation, anything below $500? Or is it $10,000 as a large donation for you? And maybe a midline donation is $2,500, and anything below $2,500 you consider a small donation. It's up to you based on your giving pattern for your organization. So that's another way you want to segment them. You know, the way you craft your letter for a $10,000 donor will be different from the way you craft your letter for a $100 donor. So segment your email list according to gift size as well. And some people may fall into more than one category. Um, then you have to put them in a separate category and craft your letter or tweak your letter appropriately for that category. Engagement. Are these people engaged in your organization's mission and vision? Meaning, are they coming out to events when you have events? Um, if you put up a micro fundraiser, do they support it? Are they active on your social media pages? You know, do they open your email? What are their engagements like? That is another category that you're going to create for this segment as well. Um, another segment is preferred way of giving. So not everybody gives in the same way. Some people like text to give. Some people cannot stand it. 
you know, some people like to give via the um, the website. Some people don't like it. They don't trust websites. They think that their information is going to be hacked. Some people will send in a check or a money order. Some people only give when they come to events. So you need to know how this segment gives and how so that gives you an indication of how they like to communicate as well. So I like to lump both into the same category, preferred way of giving and preferred communication method because I find that they're closely tied to each other. The way that somebody gives is usually the way they like to be communicated with. So some per, a person that doesn't mind doing text giving, like you can send them that ro- um, robotic text message and they'll give through their text messaging app. That person usually prefers to be communicated with via text and not in person or over the phone. So put those two categories together, their preferred way of giving and their preferred way of communication. And this is how you are going to actually reach out to these people and you're going to tweak your giving letter. So you're going to make a standard giving letter and you're going to tweak that giving letter accordingly. The third thing you want to do is to update your donor forms. A lot of people have outdated donor forms that does not reflect new things that are going on in their organization, or it's just really drab and boring. It doesn't have all of the pertinent information that you need to have on this donation form. And you don't have your thank you letter ready to go and automated. So those are the two things that you want to do. And number three is get your donor form ready and make sure your thank you page or your thank you letter is automated so it goes out right away. Because if it's not the case, you're going to have a ton of calls come January 15th asking you to email or mail out these um, letters so that they can actually take them to file for their taxes. So you want to make sure that that um, system is automated so it saves you a lot of time on the back end. So it takes a lot of maybe front end work to get it done and up and rolling and ready to go, but it will save you a lot of time and harassment on the back end come January because come January, you have your own organization tax issues to deal with, you know, wrapping up or not tax issues, but wrapping up the new year, putting all your reports together, making every sure everything is closed out for 2018 so that 2019 is just to go. You don't want to have be fielding a lot of calls from donors asking for their letters to take into the um, so that they can file um, their taxes for the IRS. You want to make sure that whole system is automated. Your donation, um, your um, your donation form has on all of the pertinent information. You know your tax ID number and everything, and the receipt that they're getting, which is also a thank you letter, has all of the information needed so that they can just print it out and they can take it in. And one of the things I like to say, make sure as big as possible on that page, that thank you page, thank you for your donation. And here's your receipt that you put, please retain this for your records. Please retain this for your records as big and as bold and as flashy as you can. Make sure that is there so that people know 
that they shouldn't just delete the file or throw it in the garbage or whatever they're doing with it. So they know that they need it for their tax records. So please retain this for tax purposes. Should be as highlighted as possible on that page. The fourth thing that you wanna do is to kiss. Keep it simply strategic. Kiss, keep it simply strategic. You do not want to put out a complicated, long, drawn-out dissertation of a giving letter. That is not what you want to do. You want to have a short, simple, concise, to-the-point campaign letter of maybe four to 500 words, nothing more. It doesn't need to be complicated. People would prefer for you to get to the point than for you to take them all around the world and then get to the point. So get to the point immediately. People's times are precious. You don't want to waste it. And don't be spammy about it. Tell them what you want, how you want them to do it, and why you want them to do it. That's like the main thing. What you want, the way you want it, and why you want it. And what, oh yes, and what their donation is going to do for your organization, how their donation is going to actually impact someone's life. So that's it. Kiss. Keep it simply strategic, 400 to 500 words. That is it. You make a master letter, you tweak it a little bit to talk directly to the donor pool that you are referring to according to how we broke it down in the last few steps. In step number five, you want to become a master storyteller. So you're going to be sending out these email messages on a daily basis in the last two weeks of the campaign because you're trying to create a sense of urgency. So your first letter was very simple. We kissed. You know, we kept it simply strategic. In your second letter, you want to become a storyteller. You want to tell stories about how their donations, especially if you're dealing with someone who's constantly donating to your organization or their large donors, tell them how their money worked for a particular person. You want to make them the protagonist of the story. That means they're the hero of the story. Who doesn't like being the hero? Who doesn't like feeling like they actually made a change? That their $10, their $20, or their their $5,000 made a difference in a group of people's lives. So become a master storyteller and tell stories that make the donor the protagonist of the story. So a line in the story can go something like this, like, Thank you for your generous donation. Your gift of $5,000 last year, we were able to help 300 students receive much needed tutoring so that they were able to pass their standardized test. Something to that effect. Or because of your financial support, Um, we were able to save 5,000 dogs. Whatever it is, you make sure that you tell them what their money is doing. How is their money being used and how is it impacting the people in your community, the people that your organization 
um, supports? How is it impacting your mission? Because that's the whole thing. Remember, everything that you do needs to be mission-centered. So your storytelling needs to be told around your mission and showing impact in your mission. So become a master storyteller. And every time you send out an email thereafter, your emails need to be telling stories, highlighting the good that your organization has done throughout the year and the people that your organization has been able to impact and how that impact worked and has the impact um, held over time. So was it a one and done type of impact or did the impact Hold over time. So for instance, if you say that, you know, their generous donation of say $500, you were able to save say 50 puppies. What happened to those puppies? Do you still have them in your pet, in your, um, in the facility or were you able to actually, <clears throat> were you able to actually have them adopted by families? What is the end story? So what happened, how it happened, and what's the resolution to the problem? Was the problem resolved? Because everybody wants to know what happened in the end. Don't you just hate when you watch a movie and at the end they leave you with this cliffhanger? You don't want to be left with a cliffhanger. The donors need to know what the impact was and whether or not the impact lasts. So become a master storyteller. Have you made an assessment and realized that there's a knowledge gap within yourself and your organization that is directly affecting the amount of revenue that your organization produces on a yearly basis? Well, have no fear. You can go right on over to TVA Academy to fill that gap. There's a plethora of courses in every area that you need to succeed in your nonprofit organization. Go to bit.ly backslash TVA Academy. Again, that's bit.ly backslash TVA Academy. And the information is also in the description. Okay, so the sixth thing that you need to do is to create a sense of urgency. Create a sense of urgency so that people are compelled to act. If you do not create a sense of urgency, then there is no reason for them to act now. And they can literally just lament on it until whenever they feel like doing it or forget about doing it. So in every letter that you send out where you are becoming this master storyteller, you want to make sure that you create a sense of urgency around them actually sending in the donation literally before the last three days of the year, but as soon as possible because you have created the sense of urgency around your mission and their donation. Because remember, you're telling them that they're the protagonists of the story And as you tell them how they're the protagonist, you can create a sense of urgency around their giving and how important it is for them to give right now in order to help you further your mission. Make sure that your call to action is clear and that it is easy to find and it is seamless. So you want to have your call of action at the top of the page where they see the first thing that they open their emails. It is clearly at the top of donate here. Click here to donate, whatever it is, bright colors, 
you know, so that no one can miss it. They can't say they didn't see it. You don't want to have it highlighted in between your letters so that they have to click on a word or anything like that. You need to have a button on the page where they can go and donate. So top, someplace in the middle of your letter, you want to put it again, you know, click here to donate or donate here, whatever it is that you have. And then at the bottom, so three different places. That's how I like to do it. Everybody's different. Top of the page, as soon as you open that email, it's clearly right there. No one can miss it. Miss it If they, for whatever reason, they missed it at the top of the page, you want to have it in the middle again. So as they're reading, they see it. And then you want to have it again at the end of the page. So in three different places, as they're reading, they are enticed to donate because you've created the sense of urgency with your words, with your story, with them being the protagonist, and they have no way of saying that they did not see the donate button. So create that sense of urgency so that they are willing to donate to your organization. The seventh thing that you don't want to do is forget about your social media. So we talked about sending out all these donation letters segmenting your email list, but you can't forget about social media. So the same emails that you're sending out, you can actually transport those into posts on social media or, and I suggest doing some videos. If you have impact videos from people who have gone through your programs and have used your services, those are really good to put on social media. Make sure that whatever you put on your social media page is eye-catching because that's how people interact on social media. They're compelled by visuals. So you wanna make sure that your pictures are eye-catching, your pictures tell a story of their own. And if you don't have those pictures, then you need to tell those stories via video. They make way more impact than actually just posting um, the story on your social media. People are visual on social media, so make sure that you don't forget about them. You can get a lot of donors on social media who are in the same predicament, looking for an organization to connect with at the last minute to actually donate. I'm going to tell you my personal opinion when it comes to social media fundraising. You can do whatever you want to do. I am not a fan of Facebook fundraisers because you don't have access to the demographic information of your donor. You will have to have someone basically just assigned to your social media page to get the people as soon as they donate, tell them thank you and probably try to direct them back to your personal page so that they can join your newsletter so you can stay in contact with them. Outside of that, there's really no way for you to get demographic information and cultivate a relationship with your so- with Facebook fundraisers. Also, you do not get the money immediately. It can be six months down the line. It can be even more. I've heard of people who have not gotten their money for months and months and months, almost up to a year, one day, a le- a, Um, a check will just show up in the mail. The point of the year-end campaign is to fill the gap. Like I said, going into 2019 with surplus funds in your your bank account. So my suggestion is when you're telling these stories and you're looking for online donations, that you lead them directly back to your campaign page on your website. 
and not do a social media fundraiser like a Facebook fundraiser through using the Facebook app. Lead people back to your website, your landing page. Therefore, you can immediately collect their demographic information. You can stay in contact with them and the money goes directly into your bank account and you can use it for the things that you need to use it for in the upcoming year versus waiting for the money for an indefinite period of time. No way to track it. No, you know, there's no accountability. So when you're doing your social media fundraisers, Lead them, put a link in and lead them back to your campaign page on your website versus doing a Facebook campaign. So this is basically how you will put your year end giving campaign into overdrive. I hope the information you gathered here was very beneficial and that you can beneficial and you can go ahead and make the impact for your coffers (laughs) that you need to make by doing these things. Remember to kiss. Keep it simply strategic. It is too late in the year to come up with complicated campaign strategies. You just want to get to these people who are going to be your donors or potential donors. You want to make sure that they understand what your mission is, how it works, how their monies can help you further your mission and what the monies will be used for and the people that are actually being impacted by your organization and how they're being impacted and whether that impact is lasting. Good luck, guys. Have you made an assessment and realized that there's a knowledge gap within yourself and your organization that is directly affecting the amount of revenue that your organization produces on a yearly basis? Well, have no fear. You can go right on over to TVA Academy to fill that gap. There's a plethora of courses in every area that you need to succeed in your nonprofit organization. Go to bit.ly backslash TVA Academy. Again, that's bit.ly backslash TVA Academy. And the information is also in the description. Hey, nonprofiteers, welcome to Nonprofit Biz Talk with your host, Tracy B. Allen, nonprofit strategist and owner of TVA Consulting. Nonprofit Biz Talk is about empowering nonprofit leaders with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts to manage, build, and grow a nonprofit organization that will positively impact the community you serve.